what they're what they need to do can't can't cause them too much pain because that could be debilitating for them long term. So it's like a very dangerous thing for a trainer, and I think a lot of trainers might run away from a situation like that, and I don't blame them. What is the, um, welcome to the Africans. Eli over here, my, uh, my cohort, my, my um, partner in crime. And we're going to introduce our guest in a second, but um, we have the f we've talked about the four pillars. So this is Jordan Rogers. He is uh, a trainer. He's a martial artist. He's a, you're many things. I'm not even going to tell him what you are, <laughs> because I think you should just tell him this, some of the things that you've been involved with and and you know what's sort of floated your boat. But um, also my trainer for some things. <laughs> Mine as well. Can I give that away? Yeah. It's your trainer as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we wanted to uh, talk about one of the four pillars, which is exercise. So we talk about the four pillars of, of health, diet, sleep, stress management, and, and exercise. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about um, that um, without the four pillars, you know, you could do peptides and you could do TRT and you could do what all these other things, but they're not magic pills. You know, if you don't have the base foundation, then... You know, the rest is kind of uh, not, it's not worth it. It's not going to, there's no magic pill, you know, that really, it takes some effort to, to be healthy. And Eli and I are both on a uh, health kick in the sense that we want to expand our health span, not necessarily a lifespan, but our health span. You know, we want to live healthier, however long we live, to be live, live that life healthier. And so the one main, one of the main pillars is exercise and so we, you know, we wanted to talk to you about exercise because I think that's your specialty. Why don't you tell us a bit about uh, who you are? You know, what floats your boat? What gets you motivated? And, you know, what excites you? Uh, absolutely, I have, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me, you guys. Thank you. Uh, I'm really the honor happy. is ours. Yeah, indeed, it is. <laughs> Otherwise, we were just talking to each other. <laughs> absolutely, I feel like uh, it's nice to be able just to have this conversation with both of you, and uh, something we probably do naturally anyway. Uh, and I love uh, that approach. Your four pillars are uh, something I would live by as well. So I'm uh, happy. But about me, uh, again, uh, yeah, I'm Jordan Rogers. Uh, I run a company called Mighty Maestro Fitness. Uh, it's like an umbrella fitness company because it might be a little hard to explain, but I've been around forever. Uh, You're not that old. You can't, not forever. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm only 39, uh, but I've been around for now teaching different martial arts and fitness for uh, 25 years straight. So you started at, uh, how old? Yeah, I, I started actually, I had my first cl actual class that I was teaching at 15 years old. What kind of that's class amazing. was that? I was karate at the time. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so like uh, you, you've probably heard the theories about how uh, it takes about 10,000 hours to be elite at something. Yeah. I kind of look at the, like the paths I've taken as I've got about thousands of hours in to a lot of different things, maybe not even 10,000 hours of anything except kind of uh, teaching and managing humans, yeah. understanding <clears throat> what they need. Like, because I find there's a way to unlock every person's potential. Uh, like I've had people that think they hate working out. And after a while, I hear that. and I'm like, sure you do. <laughs> Just give, give me some time. We're going to figure this out together. Uh, and then, you know, for some people, they, they experience what it's like circuit training with music 
other people, they hit pads in kickboxing for the first time, or they grab onto another person and they start grappling on the ground and then they realize, no, I don't hate exercise. I just hadn't found the right thing for me yet. Uh, and so like, that's a gift, like, so I sort of realized early on, even as a teenager, uh, learning how to have the confidence to teach adults that it doesn't matter if they're a teenager or an adult, older, there's, there's a gateway for them to be able to enjoy fitness. So it became a mission even early, whether or not I had to wait for it and wade through the working world a little bit and, uh, before I could fully realize the, the dream and start my own company. But, uh, there really is, there's an avenue for everyone to be able to not just work out, but consistently work yeah. out. And I'll say a couple things from what I know about you having trained with you now for a number of years is you're patient, which is a real gift because, um, you know, I am hard on myself. I, I'm probably harder on myself than you would be on me. And so your patience allows me to be less hard on myself, you know, and, uh, and you sort of, you're kind about it, you know, like, um, you push, I, I've always experienced that you push, you always push me to beyond what I would want to do. Yeah. But in a way that I want to do it. And it's responsible too, I'll say, based on training with him. Like yeah. when he pushes, it's in a responsible manner. Yeah. Like he understands, he'll, he'll engage, he'll look in your eyes, he'll see, monitor your breathing. Um, he certainly knows what he's doing as far as managing one person's uh, level of fitness as well. I From, appreciate that. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's nothing but true. But. And then the second thing I wanted to say is that you live it. So not only do you teach it, and I've been people have tried to teach me who didn't live it and you know i don't know that's the end all and be all but there's something in what you present you know in yourself mm -hmm. as sort of a uh, testament that you not only believe in it but that you can make it happen you know no You're an example I, I believe that as well yeah yeah i i there's always been something it's almost like a, a mental hang up that i have if, if i'm gonna ask someone to do a race or a competition uh i better be able to do it yeah. Uh, if I need 10 burpees from someone, I better be able to do 20 in the same amount of time because not only do I want to be able to do what I'm asking of them, I need to know mm. what it feels like so I know what they're experiencing and I know what I'm asking of them. Um, and also I want to be at a certain level where uh, they can also aspire like to be able to grow like because I think people also need something to look up to. And if, if that person instructing you can also be that, I think that's that's pretty big. Yeah. The, um, you have such a, a wide variety of training skills. I mean, Indeed, yeah. you, you, I know you do, what do you do? With what are we doing? Some more of a mixed martial arts. Uh, yeah. We, well, we do a mix of, uh, all like all kinds of stuff. Like, and I like your approach too, cause I think you want to understand, well, what happens if I do this in the ring, but how does this apply if I also get into the situation yeah. in the real world? Uh, so we, we kind of go over both of those things and I like that approach cause I think that is important and it's nice for you. I, I'd like you to feel confident and, and you've grown uh, to the point where I would be pretty confident that you can handle yourself in a situation yeah. like that. Yeah. Without so, a gun. Yeah. Without Just a gun. Without a gun right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With I, a gun too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or definitely. disarm the guy with a gun. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's nice. Do you teach that? Oh, uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. We've done, uh, uh, I've done some courses on disarming guns as well. Okay, but, well uh, hopefully I never have to use it, but uh, the other thing I like, and I, so I'm, I'm not just, puffing you up here, but this is, this is real, okay, is, uh, <laughs> is that, uh, you know, well, you could be training, you, you come over and you're training and then your wife shows up yeah, and last. you suddenly switch from this 
to this. And yeah. it's like, okay, now it's a family workout. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's really, yeah. Just on a dime, you come up with things that not only, you're not trying to get somebody winded for the sake of, you know, making them, oh, they sweat. There, there's, a re, there's a rhyme and a reason to what you do. And even on the spot, I mean, yeah. I'm, my wife and I often talk about like, what a great workout. We had fun. But I know enough that it, I knew that it made sense with your, your combinations that you put together and how things, how you make it. And it just like, no warning. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad yeah. you brought that up. I'm, no, and well, I really appreciate that. And I, I show yeah. up with my son and it's like, yeah. what are we working out? I don't know. Okay, yeah. well, let's figure it out. And then you, you put it together. <laughs> and I, I think that like it comes from experience for one. And, and it's something I always wanted. Like, you know, I always thought to myself, uh, there were times when I thought, you know, maybe I'm going to have a shot at... Uh, being a world champion in one thing or another. Uh, and I, you know, I went far and won local championships, but uh, really like peanuts compared to some of the people I've trained with over the years. Uh, uh, so I always like just took solace in, uh, you know, one being able to go, I've been toe to toe with world championships and uh, been able to stand my ground and I'm happy with that. In what? Uh, in kickboxing and in, and in MMA. Okay, cool. Uh, but, uh, but also like that there's something not everybody has even world champions not always have the ability uh to convey their strengths to other people right uh to teach that's that's a big thing i mean yeah. i could be the best at something and it doesn't mean i can teach it no and it often doesn't translate uh but i think i think for me like that's like because i've had people that have trained with me for for years and years and they they come after a class and they say you still put together classes, then it's not any, like anything I've done before. Yeah. Somehow, like, you're still surprising me. And, like, that means a lot to me. Like, because, you know, like, keeping things fresh for people, not everybody wants to train the same way. I can do it. I can eat the same way and train the same way, and that's something we'll probably get into later in our chat here today. Because, uh, but that's not the same for most people, and I realize they need, they need variety. They need somebody to surprise them. They need a workout that's so engrossing intellectually that they forget about how much pain they're in physically. Yeah. Uh, and that can happen. Uh, and that's, I think that's always been a gift I have is to almost trick people into giving their best effort, uh, which, which I think is cool. And, uh, and I sort of pride myself on being able to be diverse and uh, react to any situation. Yeah, yeah, diversity sure. is amazing. The other thing that I, have, I, I want to point out before we perhaps segue into, we wanted to talk about the psychology of well, training. Well, I think we're done right? popping them up now. now we've got <laughs> One more now thing. Now we have to go after Okay. Them. All right, go ahead. Uh, the other thing is, is um, it's, it, it's very difficult to train, in, um, in my opinion, to train somebody one-on-one -on -one in grappling or, or self-defense, to show, to put somebody in a, in a choke or a lock, to, uh, and, to show them how to do it while you're actually doing it. Do you know what like it's, oh, it is, it's, yeah. it's very difficult and you, you're able to do that. And if you can do it with me, cause I have a hard time knowing my <laughs> right and left side. So yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's another, that's another uh, amazing skill that you have. Yeah, I appreciate that. And if there, yeah, if there are any trainers listening, I think a lot of it is like uh, trying to, trying to experience different avenues of training. Like uh, if you can train people over video, and uh, it can be very difficult, right? Uh, you're going to look at that person and say, move your right foot. Perfect. Okay, just a little farther, but forward. Uh, and you're going to need to, uh, without the visual, be able to explain it uh, or provide a visual like over a very small screen and use that in combination. So, and also like uh, in the day in martial arts, like you might come to a class uh, and 
you might train a group of very fit 20 year olds one day and uh, make a plan for your next class based on that uh, and show up and there's uh, four or five older women in the class uh, and one kid and and you re you're like oh it's not going to work at all and you can panic uh, or you can roll with it i and, think you roll with it you roll yeah. with it yeah, that's yeah. it that's the last compliment you're getting <laughs> <laughs> so going back to your uh your history because your history i think has helped you be so well-rounded if i remember you you were heading towards professional baseball at one point i yes as a teenager i was yeah, yeah. and maybe you could tell us a bit about that i know you've done competitive fighting uh you've done courses in uh all sorts of kinetics and stuff. Yes. Why don't you just tell us? I don't know. <laughs> That's I ran out of there's ideas. Bodybuilding, there's powerlifting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So oh, yeah, like you I kind of said, yeah. it's like maybe I didn't even reach the point, like you know the, how they say the Beatles spent over ten thousand hours of practicing or doing shows before they became the Beatles. But it was that moment when they hit that ten thousand hours that they became the Beatles. Hmm. Uh, but I'm the path I took was I never really decided on anything. And maybe it was partly I, I uh, had some injuries from really poor rural community coaching as a mm. youngster. So it almost gave me uh, a passion to like try to understand that because I didn't want other people to have to go through that. Uh, and in pitching, I had that I blew my shoulder out uh, really badly at 15 years old, like thinking I was, you know, about to go all the way on the cusp. Um, <clears throat> and it was all because uh, I didn't understand how to properly warm my arm and lengthen my pitch count like uh i didn't even like i didn't even think about pitch count at the time uh, and it's something pitchers will in a game they won't pitch any more than like between 20 to 40 pitches and then the next week it might go up 10 and then they'll they'll build it up from there and that's on top of a, a shoulder building regimen long toss and then understanding how to properly get your shoulder ready to put that amount of strain trying to throw 90 mile an hour uh over and over and over again yeah um, so you didn't have that you no you know i mean i'd warm up a little bit and but essentially i was kind of going in like rough uh and just throwing over throwing throwing as hard as i could and not understanding the process and uh, and then suffer the consequences so uh even though i put so many hours into baseball uh i started shifting the focus to becoming good at different things um and there became a point while I was doing track and field and uh, soccer and basketball, I made it a bit of a mission to be able to play almost everything competitively. Because I thought if I was going to be really useful to people, uh, I should be able to understand what they go through in all of their individual athletic endeavors. So I wanted to know what it took to be a pretty decent soccer player, what it took to coach soccer, what it took to play basketball, everything. Uh, and while I was doing that, I was always, you know, I'm always somebody that likes to take on way too much. But uh, so while I was doing that, uh, I was, uh, had my first black belt in karate at 17. Uh, and I was already uh, wrestling at a pretty high level. Uh, and I was on the practice squad for the national team at 18. Uh, and I got my second black belt uh, in another style of karate. So gojuru karate, which means hard, soft style. Uh, and shorinru <clears throat> karate uh, were my first two black belts. Uh, and then... Uh, the only reason I didn't continue with wrestling is, again, uh, I'm in a rural community and uh, we didn't have a bus and I didn't have access to get out to the training center. Uh, so I just kind of kept practicing on my own and just did the best I could. Uh, and, but around that time, actually, my uh, sensei died, and that's a whole other story. But uh, he was like a father figure to me. Uh, and when he died, uh, I took about a year away from martial arts. Oh, wow. So, I, you know, I was 
kind of on the cusp of probably uh, where I probably needed to be, like at an 18-year-old national wrestling and a karate prodigy. Uh, and if I had some guidance or somebody to take me, a coach, a coach uh, if I was in Ottawa, for instance, I'm sure uh, somebody like a Jean-Yves Terrio would have taken me at that point under his wing. It was it's the perfect time mm. to take somebody. But it's okay. Like, it's funny where life takes you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. So, I, you know, I take that year off, but I start devoting a little more time to fitness. Uh, I get certified as a trainer. Uh, that was at 19 when I got my first certification. Um, and you just start training people around the area. And uh, it's funny, but as a trainer, there's always this feeling that people take me a little bit more seriously when they're like, yeah, you're a trainer, but you also have two black belts. Well, now three. Uh, and you wrestled and, you know, you fought MMA, won a title. Uh, and there's a, there's often like a, an admiration for that. And they're, and they, they're like, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> and it does kind of happen that way for a lot of people. And whether, whether it's intimidating at first or not, I think once they spend some time with me, uh, another thing you start to work on having a disarming personality um and then eventually you know it's just like talking to a friend that just happens to put you through a lot of pain yeah <laughs> that's how i feel when i train with you i feel like you know you're my friend but that doesn't get in the way of you uh, <laughs> breaking your what did, what did he break on you uh, a rib or a nose or something cracked a rib broke a nose yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we did break it yeah, 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 yeah. i mean it was it was a fair fight though it was honestly like, doug broke his own nose i was <laughs> punching but his face went straight yeah, in. Yeah, i hit so, his i hit his so face everyone i don't like he's, yeah. he's not going to do that to you guys so. <laughs> he headbutted me as far as i'm <laughs> no i welcome that that was uh i wanted i wanted to spar with you like i real i didn't yeah. want to because i was preparing for a fight so i didn't want to i didn't want to be like pampered you know yeah and i think probably to the point where when you're in your fight i'm sure you didn't get hit with anything that felt quite like that so it <laughs> wasn't not, as scary right there's only one person that i felt that hit hit harder than you and that was jonathan yeah that makes sense yeah and that's a, he, that's another uh, world champion yes so uh i got in the ring with him once and i regretted it it's like oh this guy's just pounding on me you pound on me but i think you you know maybe it's like 75 percent he was just like doing 100 yeah he doesn't understand that to hold back no. that's a that's a whole other story I'm sorry if you're listening. Just tossing me around. He's like, just hitting me like I was a punching bag. He's like, uh, and he had a smile on his face. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And he was being nice about it. He said, "Cover yourself." Boom. <laughs> Cover yourself. Boom. I was like, "Oh, come on." Anyways, so, uh, so yeah, all that to say, like, yeah, I've been really been around. Uh, I add, I later on added uh, Ken Ryu black belt, which is uh, traditional Japanese jujitsu, like more of a self defense style, uh, but it's really practical and well rounded real world mar martial arts. One of the ones I love the most. Uh, and I also am a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, but I, even in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like, like when I train with the guys, the brown belts, the black belts, they sort of know my background. And uh, so it's a little bit, it's, you know, it's easy for them to train with somebody that's been around and wrestled and done uh, grappling that long. Uh, so in, and even in fitness, uh, I've really tried to dabble in everything because I want to understand injuries, rehabilitation, uh, proper development. And it feels like I've tried so much to, to do everything and there's still so much to learn. So let's just keep going, right? And you recently did a course, I'd say recently, in the last two, three years, you did a course on, what yeah, was that about? It was called uh, Mastery of Movement. Okay. Uh, it's by a, someone called uh, Bogdan Kojukuru. Yeah. Uh, and he has a uh, PhD in uh, kinesiology, sorry, and a master's in human kinetics. Uh, and he's a fascinating guy, uh, and he's developed a, a couple of programs 
one called precision muscle control and one called center lift that's about linking the chains of the body together. Uh, and he, and he's that really helped me like I was, I was, when I met him, I was at a, at a place where I was sort of looking like, how do I like really take myself to the next level? Cause I've really seen so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but he was an avenue for that. Uh, and, uh, you, sh- we should get him on, uh, here for a conversation sometime with you. I'd love to. Yeah. Fascinating guy. Yeah. Uh, and he's taught me, one of the biggest things he taught me was uh, a concept called the symptom-free movement, which is his, it's trademarked by him, so can't, we can't use it, but, uh, sorry, Bogdan. Uh, <laughs> and it's something we're going to talk a lo- about a lot on once his uh, website goes live and everything, but uh, the idea that uh, a lot of people will have uh, pains and deficiencies in their body, um, but they'll work against it. Then, you know, they'll do a squat all the way down regardless of a knee that buckles to the inside or a pain in the lower back um, but rather than that you strengthen above where the symptom is and then you start to learn how to build the body in place of the symptoms so it can support it mm. uh, which is a con- concept I always thought about but he helped me put that completely into his perspective with that idea well I don't know if it's coincidental but in the years I've been training with you I've aside from Broken parts from <laughs> yeah. from impact. Combat uh, sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. If you're in combat sports, don't yeah. don't do it if you're not expecting to get hurt somehow. Uh, is uh, no injuries. You know, like my my body actually functions better than it ever has. That's true. I mean, and the only two we've ever had were from hitting each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> Have I ever hurt you enough? Like, a- uh, yeah, you broke my pinky toe. Yes. <laughs> On his uh, bionic elbow, he uh, nice. yeah, I gave him a front kick, and he gave him a nice little well-timed block, and uh, that's the only break I've ever had. So Sweet. thank you for that. All right, it was a spiral In the fracture. Of your training, yeah, only one break. Amazing, that's and come from you, man. yeah. <laughs> but that's the important thing is uh, let's not. Um, there's far more to you than we've spoken about martial arts a lot, but there's far more to your abilities and your skills and your interests than martial arts. Um, yes. And you mentioned, uh, you know, rehab. I mean, great. You helped me with my shoulder. I'm sure some of the exercises, and I, I do a lot of work on it myself, and I've not seen a lot of these, uh, these exercises. So that's, awesome. an, important, that. that's an important um, yeah. component to, that you bring to the table as well. And I've tried to, yeah, I've tried to do a lot of work with physios over the years where uh, if I have a client with an issue – like have uh like be able to reach out with them like drop the ego part of being yeah. a trainer uh reach out to the physio and say listen help me with my approach let's make sure we're on the same page and uh and it, i think that that helps me grow uh as a trainer as well i think all trainers really should do that uh work not don't work with the doctors but uh work with the physios yeah. uh we, we don't have to get into the issues yeah. with doctors. Trashing right? doctors? No. I'll trash doctors <laughs> Didn't we all do day. that on the last episode? And <laughs> I the think one we do it on every episode. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's not all doctors, of course. No, right. Not uh, all doctors. But there are a lot Just of doctors. a lot of doctors. Like, I guess you could call them like an old hat, right? Like uh, old hat. those personalities where anything happens, like you hurt your ankle and they tell you to like rest for uh, two weeks. And you're like, what was wrong with their arms, doctor? <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, but yeah, I feel like uh, the biggest thing as a trainer, I think that a lot of younger trainers need to overcome is stop acting like you know everything. Yeah, indeed. Because you don't. Yeah. Uh, and when you have like, a, like Eli, you, you're very well versed and you, you, you both research a ton of other styles of training. Uh, and if you come to me with something that I haven't heard of, I'm not going to pretend like I have. I'll just, yeah, I'll tell you, whoa, what's that? And I'll, you know, I'm happy to look into just it. Since you have this genuine interest in this arena like you yeah. want to learn more yeah and, and and there's there's no shame in that 
I think it's I think it's important to keep learning and not and yeah not ever act like an expert even if uh, people consider you to be I think it's important to exercise your humility and realize that there's probably somebody better and there's probably subjects you don't you aren't aware of. So before we went live, um, we talked about or you brought up that you want to talk about the psychology of training and I think now would be a great time because it was a, the little bit we talked about it was an awesome topic and I think it would really benefit. A lot Can of I our just uh, there's one question I had. Can I just Jump in with one question. It's your show, actually. It's our show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's our show. It's our show. <laughs> I hate to think it's my show. That's a lot of pressure. Uh, the um, so I know that you train. Like I train with you in a, in classes, and with, there's probably a range from in the twenties up into well sixties apparently. Old guys. Yeah. Seventies yeah. actually. Seventies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. And then uh, you'll train young people. You'll train guys our age, and then you also train my mother. Yeah. Who's 88. Yeah. God bless right? you. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's unbelievable. And so, you know, I think it kind of goes into the psychology thing. Like there's just that range. Like that's, aside from the range of the kind of training you know yeah. and kind of training Skills. you do, just the range of different people that you train. And, yeah. you know, training my 88-year-old mother is obviously extremely different than training a 30-year-old who just wants to, is full of piss and vinegar. Oh, yes. She's probably stronger. Yeah, she's probably got more piss in than anybody. <laughs> yeah, probably. And I, I think actually like early on in my training, <clears throat> like in my personal training career, people would see how I train a younger person or an athlete and they'd be like, I don't want to train with him. And I think trainers get uh, grouped like that sometimes. Mm. Uh, and it might not always be fair. Um, I, but I remember uh, one of my first uh, clients that had fibromyalgia was a real cool challenge for me. And she asked uh, if I thought we could work out. And I said, absolutely, but what we have to do is work together uh, and I'm going to consult with somebody that's a specialist in fibromyalgia along the way. And uh, I'm going to learn with you and it's, I think it'll be great for both of us. Uh, so I think, again, that's a, like an idea of like dropping that ego and saying, no, let's learn this together. Uh, and that was a situation where my initial recommendation was her, well, was to find a center uh, and, she, and she had tried that before, but what she found was that the fibromyalgia centers, they understand uh, what she couldn't do, but not so much what she could do. So based on what she could do and like my ideas of like trying to understand range of motion, building range of motion, uh, and that concept of symptom-free movement, that was even before I had the full concept. Uh, but the idea that, especially with somebody like that, what, they're, what they need to do can't can't cause them too much pain because that could be debilitating for them long-term. So it's like a very dangerous thing for a trainer. And I think a lot of trainers might run away from a situation like that and I don't blame them. Uh, but I took it as an opportunity to, to grow. So I said, let's go step by step. And I think that approach allowed me to see the scope of being able to train people with knee injuries or understanding, you know, you're just, you're, you have a certain age and you've never trained and like how are we going to take this from the ground up as though you're a teenager learning how to play sport or exercise for the first time but you're not you're 75 so how are how do i make you grow in that same way understanding that your joints have already developed some of them have arthritis you might have some fusing and you have uh creaks uh, in and crunches in your body that uh, you never would have had before can I still grow a person like that? And, and, and the answer seems to always be yes. Well, a perfect example, this is not about me, but this is, I am a perfect example, is <laughs> yeah. when I started kickboxing, when I started training in martial arts, 
I remember, I don't know if you recall, but I had back issues mm -hmm. where I had some serious muscular yeah. back issues where I was out of, out of commission for over a month, you know, and it was core. And so you started working on my core mm -hmm. and building up my core. And since then I've been, been flawless, you know, it's like, like years ago, I take it. Yeah. That's not that long ago, maybe four or five years ago. But no more, no more issues with the back? No more issue with Amazing. the back. Yeah. No, yeah, when we started working, like maybe after your surgery, we started really focusing on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And you yeah. really pushed my core, core, mm -hmm. core, core. And I hate core, <laughs> but I love core now because <laughs> yeah. of the effects it has, you know? Yeah. Well, and the idea was what I thought for you is that your core had trouble linking together to create a foundation for your body, meaning that I, I, feel, I felt like your back and your core weren't working together. So what I, what I was trying to do was give you things where your glutes, your hips, your core were starting to link together uh, until eventually they became what I think is one of your strongest parts of your body. Well, you can do, Doug does this uh, hanging uh, leg raise uh, that I can take a 25-year-old athlete and I'm not confident they're going to be able to do the 15 hanging leg raises like you do. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely a strength for you now. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. awesome. Which gives me a real sense of confidence because you know, having that insecurity, inst instability in the back, always, you know, kind of like the heart thing. It's like, it always kept me nervous, you know? Yeah. And now that I have that strong core that you've helped me build is, uh, it gives me a confidence to do a lot of other things too. Yeah, not just in the gym, not just on the mat or whatever. This In the sack. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> well yeah. here we go again. <laughs> you know, and it's always Every episode, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is big for everybody. And like, and I think of that as I, I want people to feel good in their skin, I want them to feel great in the bedroom. You know, I want them to be able to take their clothes off and perform in and out of the bedroom and feel happy yeah. with what they have. And not only that, but feel like proud. Feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm a sexual Tyrannosaurus. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Jesse Ventura quote. Nice. <laughs> so back to your, uh, you were going on about the, on the, the whole psychology, psychology. of uh, training. Yeah, why don't you pick up where we, we, we discussed before, um, yeah, yeah we're alive. absolutely. Like, uh, yeah, Eli and I were talking a little this morning about how uh, I find everything, everything in fitness, but not like just in fitness, in, in any individual's life, it starts with a choice. Uh, and what the one of the concepts we were talking about is how it starts first thing in the morning. Uh, my wife uh, snoozes five, six times. Uh, she just does not want to relinquish uh, her hold on that pillow. Mm. Uh that may be a common thing amongst women, though. I don't <laughs> it know. Maybe like, and some other people like, same. you know, oh, I shouldn't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I didn't technically. Sorry, say Natasha. Yeah. <laughs> Apologizing to a lot of people during this podcast. Uh, so, uh, but then there's the other side of it, uh, or maybe you have both, where you also get out of bed and you cannot functionally start your day until you've had your coffee, or, or some people also need to have that breakfast. Uh, and the reality is, you don't need any of that. Uh, you need what you think you need. Uh, and I found for me, and it, it starts with a, it started with a, the idea that if I go to bed with the idea that I can't wake up in the morning, that I'm going to have trouble waking up in the morning, or I'm not going to get enough sleep, how am I going to pull this off? I mean, I'm right. You know, it's that old concept of uh, one person uh, thinks they can and one thinks they can't. They're both right. Uh, and, and it's really the psychology of that does hold true, as cliche as it is. But uh so I think it starts, and it's not as simple as uh, going to bed saying, I can do this, and, or, you know, like having a mantra, uh, because you might not Although succeed. Although that's not a bad start, though. It's not a bad start. It's like you may, you may not succeed, but you can't go, okay, well, I tried it. 
but I didn't, it didn't work the first time, it's, it's going to take time for it to become a habit. But once something becomes habitual for a human being, it, uh, it becomes easier and easier. And that goes for everything. So they used to, all of that, that habit then becomes work ethic, but it all started with that choice. So that once you've made that choice, and it could be this, as simple as getting your ass out of bed in the morning, uh, saying, you know what, the alarm's going to go off, and I'm going to pop up. And then you start making other choices like you eat right, you exercise, and those turn into habits. Getting out of bed doesn't even require a choice anymore because you are so energetic and ready to take on your day because you have all of those elements it that you require. You. It yeah. becomes you. Yeah. But I, like you said, it's a choice, and that's important to mm -hmm. know. Um, and it's important to know that discipline is far more important than motivation. Yeah. And discipline is a choice as well. It is. Yeah, like... Uh, it's almost like I've always, I always look at it like, especially for workouts in the gym, it's a debt between me and myself. Uh, and I've always, I've always paid it. It's something where if I don't make it to the gym five to six times in a week, I, I say, okay, that's okay. Maybe something, I got busy. That's not the level that I want from myself. So, okay, let's do it again next week. Uh, and I think the mentality and the consistency of that comes with the idea that I know a lot of people, they come really hard at workout programs uh, or uh, diet programs, uh, but they come at it with the mentality of like, let's go until I reach this certain point. But they're not trying to develop a consistent life approach. I, I, that speaks volumes to me. And we've <laughs> talked about that, you know, about, about life changes, not, not flash in the pan changes, not, yeah. not even a goal necessarily. Like, let's talk about, let's say, losing weight. Rather than having a goal, I want to lose weight, have a goal that I want to add something to my protocol that maybe it'll ultimately help me lose weight. Yeah. But, but it's just a lifestyle change I'm making. Mm -hmm. And we'll see what comes of that. And then add another change and we'll see what comes of that. And, you know, it becomes your life rather than something you're trying for a brief period to achieve this acute goal, you know? like Yeah, agreed. I, I feel like there's this Western culture matrix that's programmed us all uh you know we need we need a lot of sleep we not only sleep we need a lot of rest uh we need coffee to get up in the morning we need certain foods to feel happy uh we can't exercise too much because uh, we'll wear ourselves down we can't work too much um but a lot of that i think is uh stuff that's programmed into us so it almost becomes it's hard to break for people yeah. so i think it, it almost becomes part of like your culture as a human being. And if you're not aware of it and you don't start trying to make choices, uh, trying to break that culture, or you don't feel the need to, then it might not be something you wake up to until you meet the right person. Yeah. So what do you think about the idea, like when you start someone in training, because you're going to have, I mean, there are people maybe like Eli and myself who are, are, have been maybe training on and off for years. And so we really want to do something and we kind of have an idea that it takes a lot of work. But you're going to have people who come to you fresh, maybe never trained before yeah and you know one of the things that people have asked me about diet they know that okay i'm relatively healthy for my age and whatever and they say well, what do you know uh, my first thing i tell them is don't try and do it all at once yeah you know do one thing maybe two at most and do those for a period of time mm -hmm. and those will become part of your norm and then you can add a third thing or a fourth thing you know and it becomes like, less intimidating that way as well yeah yeah and it's, it's, more, it's more realistic you know like i think people who try and dive in is maybe for training, you know, I want to be, 
I want to be a Olympic athlete in, in six months. Okay, well, good luck, you know, unless you're like superhuman, you know. Yeah. Or Eddie the Eagle. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. It was great. Absolutely. <laughs> That's an adorable movie, actually. Yeah. Uh, well, and yeah, I mean, like, yeah, or you're genetically just like, you yeah. just you just have all the right uh, stuff. You're a mesomorph. But even that takes work. It does. And no, it always takes work. And I've always thought, like, I'll take somebody that can be a hard worker over somebody that's gifted. Yeah. Always. Like for any sport. Uh, and if somebody has both, you know, that's where you get your uh, Michael Jordans and your superstar athletes. Like so what do, you, what do you do when you get someone coming to you fresh, maybe in their 30s, 40s, 50s, doesn't matter. Yeah. And they've never worked out before. They suddenly want to try something new in their life. How do you ease them into that or get them into that without, you know, them after a month saying, oh, I haven't made any progress and it's too hard? That's a great question because I think that's one of the – the hardest parts as a, a trainer or an instructor, like a teacher in school. Uh, and I mean, a lot of teachers in school, they, of course, they have to follow certain guidelines and it's like almost out of their control. So uh, I have a lot more freedom than that. But uh, it's like, you can almost think of it like, make everything quantifiable. Uh, so if you get to the, like, whether it be cardio, weights, uh, or just your approach to your lifestyle, um, it's all measurable when you think about it. So maybe, you know, like if you grab a pair of 10 pounds and the first time we try it, you've done those 10 times. Okay, we're going to take a note of that. Uh, later on, it's going to be 15. I swear to you, we keep at it. And later on, it'll be 20. So like the approach is the idea that like we're starting out. You're going to work with me once a week. And then here's what you're going to do uh, on your other days. And we're going to start building your body to be able to support more. Mm. Uh, once you're able to support more, you're going to be like, you know what, I'm ready two to three times a week. Um, and then maybe that's good for that person. Uh, and maybe, and maybe they're like, you know what, let's go. I want that next level. Uh, I'd like to be in the shape of my life. And, uh, we start saying, okay, like here's little changes we're going to make in your diet, your lifestyle. I don't even like the word diet. Uh, and then, uh, we're going to keep putting things into your training and understanding how to develop, understanding what supplements to use, what, what to eat. Uh, so that you feel good and you're able to support the style of training until until it's your lifestyle and it's not not a not a question anymore. Basically, no, it's yeah. not a uh, something I'm choosing to do every week. It's something I've I've done yeah for a long time and I always do it. I just yeah I may take a break once in a while because I like you said something comes up, but it's something I miss. Yeah, yeah. Like if you were to take three four days away from it, you're like let's I need to get to the the gym. It's yeah. just who I am. Actually, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like well, that's it. Exactly. So actually you did that with uh, really well with my son, right? So, you know, Jaden started training yeah, some with trial me. And error in there, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he started training with me and then I said, well, let's, uh, why don't you come join me with Jordan? And you know, you tend to push a little harder and, but then you, you scaled it back a bit for him because he was really hating it. Yeah. He was like, Oh, yeah. not a Jordan workout. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, come on. And so then you, uh, you adjusted it to sort of meet his level. Yeah. And now he actually looks forward to training with you. Like it's, it's no longer, I don't hear the complaint in the car ride all the way to the gym. Like, oh, I don't want to train with Jordan. It's like, oh, we're training awesome. with Jordan. Great. You know? And well, I think part yeah. of that is, is he also experienced some of the results. Yes. Uh, increased strength, like increased body awareness, stability, uh, or just looking in the mirror and saying, whoa. Yeah, we got to get like rid it. of a few mirrors. He's not looking in the mirror way too many times. <laughs> but yeah, that, all those things go uh, a long way. And when somebody starts to build confidence, uh, the, the training side becomes easier. So do you have uh, clients who come to you new out of the gate? 
doesn't matter how old they are, and they want to train, and you just come to a realization at some point that it's with this person it's going to be near impossible just because of their their psychology, their mentality around training. And you know, I hate to admit that, but yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, well, that's not a failure on your part. <laughs> well, it's funny, but like I almost take it like that because it's because uh, there. I mean, there are challenges. Like I, I I've had uh, people who are workaholics. Uh, one one lady whose name obviously won't be mentioned, but uh, uh, she worked a lot. She, uh, she's had that classic uh, entrepreneurial uh, mentality of like starting something, but never quite finishing it. And like always having the idea to keep working out, but to, like, uh, and then coming back around to it and stopping coming back around to it. Uh, uh, but her lifestyle uh, and her mentality just couldn't support consistent choices. Uh, and, I just use her as an example because that's the one time I've ever had to just say, listen, I, until you commit to this and until it's something that you want to do for yourself, I can't, I can't be there for you. Like, I don't think, I don't think it's working. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And like, that's, uh, that could happen. Right. And uh, it's hard. It's a hard one to admit. It's a, it can be because like, like, I do feel like there's a gateway for her, but until she uh, becomes right, and becomes uh, comfortable with herself mentally and emotionally, then, then she's not ready yeah. for that next step. That's a good, that's a that's a very good perspective. I mean, that whole you can take a horse, not that she's a horse, to water. <laughs> it's like anyway, you can't force them to do it. That yeah. choice, and it comes back to that choice, which is I think is very important to yeah. Of. Yeah, like I'm a professional door opener, um, but I can't if they, they have to walk through it. So you yeah. have, you must also have people who come to you who want the quick fix. Yes, and. Unless I'm wrong, I don't think the quick fix exists. Well, it depends on what quick fix. I mean, you know, I want to be a pro bodybuilder in, in a month. You know, yeah. like you always have, for example, at the gym, there's always a rush in January. You know, the, uh, what do they call it? The New Year's Eve resolution. New Year's resolution, right? Yeah. New Year's resolution. So in January, February, you see this rush of people, and then the gym empties out in March, you know? Because they didn't achieve whatever ridiculous goal they wanted to achieve in a month, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, like, amazing. Uh, we always would joke, like, uh, when I was running martial arts facilities uh, or dojos, uh, we uh, we had this one uh, year where we had a record, like, I think it was 60 uh, sign-ups early January, uh, which for a martial arts facility, it's, like, because they're committing to long-term memberships, right? And, uh, and then a record, uh, I think it was 65% uh, cancellation of all of their memberships uh, in February, mm. uh, which is wild. Uh, and these are all people uh, that probably barely went to class. Uh, there's a cancellation fee involved, and it's like such a silly thing. But I, and, and it makes you wonder how many people uh, North America wide uh, are doing things like that based on uh, a resolution, uh, rather than rather than saying, okay, these are steps I need to make, or I need to I need to to change my lifestyle, like we talked about, because it doesn't start with a huge step. It has to Start with a little step. So do you uh, do you sort of dive into their motivation? Like <clears throat> my motivation, I think your motivation as well, is we want to live healthier. healthier. We want to increase our health span, right? We just want to live healthy lives. We want to feel good. So there's no quick fix to that. That's a process to get there. And then you get to a point and you maintain it. You can improve with time, but you maintain. So there's a, there's a mentality behind it. It's not like yeah. I want to be the most fit person in two months, you know? 
that's not a rea- yeah. reality, right? And and it's also a problem that kind of mentality because and there are a lot of young people uh, that have access to pretty incredible steroids, uh, SARMs, yes, uh, peptides, which are I mean a much better option. But they have access to a lot of things that culturally people haven't had access to before, especially like uh, at such a large scale and such easy access. So easy. Uh, yeah, and and it's like as simple as like I've had clients try to order uh, like I think off of Amazon literal steroids uh, nice. which is kind of crazy like and it's like maybe you just don't maybe don't take those that's uh, right just in case like uh, like like somehow there's been like liquid form uh, anavar and uh well, anyway yeah so that's a whole other story but like um when you take a, an easy path like that and you say okay i'm gonna do this wild diet take some steroids um and then do some crazy training um based on how i feel on there's those steroids there's inevitable uh, physical and psychological crash that comes from that. Mm. Um, and it's pretty rampant in the bodybuilding community where, uh, and I'm sure you've seen it a lot at the gym, this person's just in an incredible shape. Uh, they go do a competition. Uh, and about three months later, you're like, like is that the same person? Yeah. Uh, and I felt that crash <clears throat> before. And like, that kind of goes back to what I said before is because I really wanted to experience everything. Uh, and I've done, uh, I've done a classic physique and a natural bodybuilding competition. Which is the one you did last? Uh, that was, phys- that was physique. That was physique. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you get, I mean, you get, you suck every ounce of fat every, out of your system, uh, and you go up there for the pageantry and the, you know, the, it's a very fake environment, uh, and you've created this statue of yourself. Uh, and, and it is, it's an incredible feat. But along the way, uh, you've deprived yourself so much that you've created uh, a minor eating disorder and sometimes a very major eating disorder in yourself. Uh, and that kind of deprivation, it, it causes people to backlash. And, and I did. Uh, I mean, a lot of the times I'm lucky enough to train so hard that even when I'm eating terrible, the backlash doesn't last that long. You did. I remember now. Actually, yes. you did backlash, and I, I oh hard, yeah. Yeah, you went for like about six months, I think, of of like where I, yeah, where I went more lax on the diet. Yeah, I yeah, did. yeah. And, lax, and yeah. my very first bodybuilding competition, uh, I I weighed in on stage at one forty one. Cool. Uh, it was yeah. So I I had by to the make way, a, if you, I don't know if you can see this on camera, but Jordan's pretty pretty buff. So one forty one is pretty <laughs> either very lean or no muscle or no. I was oh I was it was a shredded uh, up uh, orange monster on that stage. Like what's your normal weight now? Like what are you at now? I usually walk around uh, between one eighty and one ninety five. Uh, lean, lean, so pretty lean. Yeah, yeah. So one forty one is insane. It, yeah, yeah and just... it was kind of insane because I started that cut at one ninety six, and it was just a Ooh. a challenge that I, for some reason I I was like okay I need to know what this is, um, and I like that I experienced it because I also again like. I was like, I, afterwards, I'm like, I need to taste pizza and candy and donuts, and I need it all. Yeah, yeah. That way I, you get your clients as well, though. I mean, you, you understand what some of these clients yeah. would have gone through because you've experienced it. Yeah, well. and that's important, like, is to, like, you know, uh, I've made all the mistakes, too. So, it's, so I can say, you know, no, yeah. I've done that. Trust me. Trust me. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Will you stop somebody, like, if you have a client that you've known well enough for years and you're on a friendly, uh, you know, very friendly terms, which I'm sure you, a lot of them are, because you're just a great guy. Um, yeah, would you give? No more <laughs> yeah, we we need a <laughs> whole episode just to puff them up. Right? That's right. Um, would you intervene if you see somebody going down, which might be considered a wrong path, or taking yeah drugs that they sh- you know? Yeah, and are, I have had to. 
yeah, because like I said, that culture can be really strange because there's also that side where uh, a teenager hasn't really unlocked their genetic potential yet, but they get on these steroids and they feel invincible. Uh, and there becomes almost like an addiction to that. Uh, and you see a lot of guys like that, that have bodybuilding careers and, and a lot of people wonder, why are they so short? Um, you know, like even some, some have like come back and Ferrigno like into his, uh, I think he was about 47 uh, when he did his very <laughs> last little comeback uh, bodybuilding company. And he looked amazing. Um, and Ferrigno is an example of a guy that's probably um, done the research and cycled off properly and started and learned how to like approach it. Um, but a lot of guys, they, they take so much uh, and they put so much in their body that it becomes a reliance uh, and it's hard to give up because you can eat a lot more of what of whatever you feel like uh, and then your training can be doesn't have to be as hard as some of those guys that aren't taking anything uh, and that's really detrimental to them mentally uh, so they start to take more and they start to take more uh, they cycle off and they can't wait to get back on uh, so they go through like these hills and valleys where they're you know they're Overeating, overindulging, undertraining, and feeling superhuman and feeling yeah, like pop crap. back on their cycle, feel superhuman again, and uh, and then they're they're pretty old by the time they're in their forties, their joints hurt uh, because while they were training, they were they were doing things uh, that they didn't hadn't really built the support systems to do, yeah. but they couldn't feel that. They didn't have uh, they you know they were they were way too in superhuman mode to feel that, and you well, know that's that's so one side. Guy of it. Just uh, who destroyed his back there is in a wheelchair now. Oh, uh, Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Coleman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, probably another example of that. And, like, and you know, somebody that's learned so much about training, like, I believe he's been able to come back from that, too. Um, but that being said, like... But it was old, hard for him to stop. Yeah. Like, he was popping... Coleman, he, right? he, like, and he was popping screws out of his back every time they fixed it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and as far as, like, longevity of, like, a real comfortable, strong uh, physique... A lot of like bodybuilders and powerlifters don't have that. Um, you know, they're not going to be like you guys, where they're functionally strong, fast, uh, and feeling great. Uh, Certainly not in their fifties and sixties. Fifties, sixties, seventies, and yeah. beyond, right? Like, yeah. and which we we're learning more and more that it is possible. Uh, and there's a, like another side of that, like where, uh, especially in uh, women's physique, there's so much pressure on them to show up on stage. Uh, shredded with uh, those incredible physiques, like and the you know the roundness in the right areas, uh, um, and there's there's a backlash <clears throat> that a lot of them experience uh, and a body dysmorphia that comes from that, where after a competition um, they indulge and uh, they don't look like they did on stage, uh, and it, and it's never good enough anymore. Yeah, it's not realistic. Yeah. it's not a realistic yeah goal to me. I mean, for some people maybe because genetically they can do that, but for the average person that body like you had on the stage and that they, you know, my wife did the a fitness comp, yeah. uh, it was a physique composition yes. competition. Yeah. And that's not maintainable, you know, not in a healthy way anyways. No. And, and because of the extreme nature of, of any competition, uh, it's not uh, like the idea of weight cutting or uh, you know, like uh, uh, having to re recompose yourself for uh sucking the last uh, bit of water and sodium out of your system before stage. Uh, it's just, it's just inevitable that that kind of extreme diet, like even people that do, I think we talked about this this morning too, uh, like whatever it is, keto or Atkins, if they're not approaching it from the idea that these are minor things that I'm building uh, as an actual lifestyle change, like you talked about, uh, it's not, it's not going to be sustainable. People can be sustainable athletes 
if they take those steps that we're talking about where they start to understand this makes me feel good this could be part of my lifestyle mm -hmm. uh long term but a lot of people take that approach that more com competition style that short term i need to have all of this right now approach um where they don't care if it's long term they have that short term outlook where they'll do whatever is necessary to get there um but it's hard to look back and be like how did i get here yeah um because once you look back you're like no i don't want to do that again uh, so it almost takes people into a lull and a lot of people that have done competitions, uh, you can see them five to 10 years later and, uh, you wouldn't guess no. that they've done a competition. Before. Well, you've, uh, I'm not going to say, but I know that there's a couple of people you've introduced me to who said, oh yeah, they were, they competed in, in this and that. I'm like, oh really? Yeah. Like yeah. I would, I would never meet them go, oh yeah, you look like you competed in something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you have guys, guys like me that I've just, I've had a six pack for 25 straight years. Yeah. And, and like, that's an accomplishment, but I've never won a professional world championship. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's, but there are guys that have won world championships or been elite, uh, athletes, uh, they get out of their sport and there was so much pressure and, uh, there was so much hard dieting, hard training, uh, that it became something that they didn't see as their lifestyle anymore. It seemed once they got out of that sport or out of that competitive lifestyle, it became something they wanted to escape not something they wanted to continue. Yeah. You know, you'll see the old baseball player commentating on a game and he's got a big belly, Yeah. but he was an amazing athlete in his yeah, day. It's amazing to see that all the time. Right? Yeah. So we gotta, we're going to have to wrap up soon. Maybe I could just pose a question. If you could give advice, maybe a few bit, tidbits of wisdom to anybody who wants to train, who wants to get into shape, wants to be a healthier, you know, just wants a better life, what, you know, what few bits of wisdom? And at the end of those those bits of wisdom, perhaps a shameless plug. I don't know if you have time for any more clients, but I think people listening are going to want to contact you. And maybe you could leave whatever information, a website. I or will. I, I do have time for more people in my classes, so I'll get to that. Yeah, after. Uh, I think the biggest thing um, is be realistic. Be honest with yourself. Because there's a different training style for everyone. So some people need a trainer, and I think it's okay to admit that. Because, like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be in business if they didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, and, that's, and that's cool. Like, uh, some people need a trainer once a week because that's going to give them guidance and motivation. And there are some people that are going to, they're going to need a trainer. Maybe they might need it every day. Mm -hmm. Or they might need to check in with their trainer every day. So first try to establish what you need for you. Because not everybody, if you're honest with yourself, is going to be able to go to the gym every day and sustain it. And that's okay. And it's okay to have someone to check in with. So I think start with that. And then once, you, once you're there, like, like try to measure your progress. Like understand that you're going to need to take steps uh, in your lifestyle, in your diet, in your training, um, and that they don't need to be extreme. So be patient with yourself. Be as patient well. with yourself, yeah. If, in the process. In fact, if they're not extreme, you have the possibility of sustaining a physique and a lifestyle and a health level that you'll want uh, for good. It's something that you can keep up for your whole life. But if you start with the wrong mentality, it might be something that you develop a distaste for um, and you don't return to. I was uh, just on that note, just, you know, I, I'm not patting myself on the back, but because I've been training with you and, you know, just, I was, you know, I did this uh, three hour uh, course and what do they call that? Like a rope course and a whatever. And, and there was most of the people we did it with were younger. And I was talking to my wife about, um, you know, I used to do a motocross with my friends. They're all about my age. And they stopped doing it because they 
finish the day and then they couldn't walk for for days you know and i I would not feel it the next day like it would just be another day for me right and that's the difference between yeah being patient and building up something Mm -hmm. that you can just go i could go do the course three hours yesterday and i didn't feel anything today you know i know that course it's tough it's an aerial obstacle course and that brings up a good point i'll mention this really quick uh if you do work out uh or you're just starting and you work out and it does it hurts for a week Mm -hmm. be patient with that um, it doesn't always feel that way. And it's a good uh, pain, by the way. Don't let that scare you away from working out, you know, or make you think you've got to do less intense style. All it means is you just haven't built uh, all of your stabilization. You haven't built yourself from the ground up to be able to support that kind of workout yet. That's okay. Just don't be afraid to, like, you know, rebuild, like, go back to the basics and, like, and start from scratch and make sure you're ready for it. Amazing advice. Who are you again? Tell us who you are. Uh, what's your company name, and how can how can our listeners? Uh, I'm Jordan. I uh, in martial arts they used to know me as the Maestro. Uh, long story there, but uh, the the company is called Mighty Maestro Fitness. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, or MightyMaestroFitness.com. Uh, one of our big pulls, uh, we do a lot of classes, uh, especially hill boot camps uh, in the summer, and uh, circuit style training uh, in the winter. And we know we dabble in other things, but you can find all that online. Uh, so yeah, please uh, check us out. We uh, we'd love to see you. And uh, one of our uh, one of our mottos is uh, whether or not we can help you or not. We just we just love to meet you and be part of your fitness journey. And if uh, inevitably we point you in a different direction and it makes you happy, then we're happy to be that middleman too. So the real deal, man. We got to get him back. <laughs> yeah, we barely scratched the surface. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right. Yeah, well, great thanks. to be here with you guys. Thanks. Uh, Thank Jordan. you. Jordan. That's, uh, that's awesome. I. We definitely have to uh, pick this up in another session and dive deep into some of the specifics. But yeah. oh, he just knows too much. You got, you know, <laughs> too got, much, man. You're yeah. too smart. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to be puffed up. Uh, That's right. <laughs> you patting yourself all the way back. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks for joining us today, and uh, we'll see you soon.